Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. The podcast where the dogs are the stars of the show. Welcome to episode 91 of the Relaxed Dog Podcast, sponsored by therelaxeddog.com. Thank you very much for finding this show. I am your host, Robert Ober, and I hope that you and your dog are well. Welcome to the new listeners, and welcome back if you've listened before. My guest this week is Martha Murphy, and she's going to be telling us all about Bert. But uh, just before we start, I highly recommend hitting that subscribe button. There are some really great stories on awesome dogs earlier on that you may have missed. And now in some doggy news, we go to the US and Candy, the German Shepherd, uh, went missing from her Los Angeles home. Candy, thankfully, was found. It was a year later and a hundred miles away in La Mesa that uh, some people found Candy, checked her chip, and reunited her with her guardians. Over to the UK, and the homewares store Wilco, who have, I think, about 250 stores across the UK, have announced that they are welcoming canines and felines into their stores. Uh, So you can now take your dog or your cat just about everywhere in that store apart from the food aisles. And now this week's interview. Welcome to the Relaxed Dog Podcast. My guest today is Martha Murphy. How are you? I am fine, Robert. Thank you for asking. And thanks for having me on your podcast. It's my pleasure. So whereabouts in the world are you? I am in Rhode Island, which is a state in the United States. It's on the northeast corner of the country. It's part of this region we call New England. It's a coastal state uh, known for its beaches, actually, and its boating. It's a famous place for people who love to sail. Uh, the America's Cup was held in Newport, Rhode Island for many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there's boat building here. And there's also commercial fishing here. So it's a very watery place. It's um, still a place with farms and farmland and some woods, and then these areas along the coast that are quiet in the winter and where the population quadruples in the summer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not where I'm from, um, but I came here in college and went away and came back, and I do love it. It's a really pretty place to live. Uh, it sounds very, very nice. Yeah. yeah. And our... Subject for today is going to be who? Well, I my dog, Bert, I've had a number of dogs and I know I'm going to end up talking about each one of them at some point because I can't help it. But um, Bert was a dog that uh, I had for 18 years and four months. Mm. I got him as an eight-week-old. And he was my most recent dog. He went to dog heaven two two years ago, approximately. And um, uh, there will be another dog in my life that's not a neighbor's dog. I do I do have a wonderful uh, set of friends that travel quite a bit, although they didn't during COVID. And when they're traveling, they leave their dog Jack with me. So. Um, I will get another dog at the moment. I don't have one, but Bert was the last one. And he was like all of them spectacular. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we all feel that way about our dogs. Absolutely. And Bert, Bert was with us so long. I mean, 18 years and four months yeah, that's nice. <laughs> was, he made quite an impression from day one. And yeah. You said day one, I'm going to ask you now to, like I asked all my guests to take us back to just before 
you got Bert, and tell us the hows and the whys that that happened. Yeah, well, um, my husband, who's not living at the moment, uh, at the moment, he's not living. Um, my husband and I had always had dogs. We each had dogs as single adults. So when we met, uh, we each had a dog. And when we married, we still had those dogs. And uh, then when those dogs went to their next life, we got more dogs. We love dogs. And he had grown up in a family that loved German shepherds. And those are, those are big dogs. Mm-hmm. And I had grown up in a family that would go to what we called in those days, the pound. And now nowadays people call it the shelter or the, the animal rescue um, place. And that's, so I grew up with a variety of, of wonderful mixed breed dogs. I just loved them all. And so we'd had at that point when the last shepherd died, and they all lived to be quite old. They all lived to be over 12, which I guess is is for a shepherd, um, a that's, good long life. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, I said, you know, let's, he said, well, okay, it's, you know, time to get another dog. And I said, of course it is, but why don't we just wait a while? We've, you know, we've got a lot of things going on in our life and uh, we're traveling a little bit because my dad was living overseas at the time. And I said, there's just, you know, why don't we just give it a year? And then, and then figure out who's going to be our next uh, dog. And, and he said, you know, I really don't think we should do that. I think we should jump right in. (laughs) And, and I also, Robert, I wanted a chance to grieve a little bit when a dog leaves my life. I definitely grieve the way, the way we do when we lose a, a human friend. So I, I wasn't ready to just fall in love with another dog or I thought I wasn't, but I was wrong. And then what really surprised me, because I said, well, I guess um, we're going to head to the animal shelter, the rescue league. And he said, well, you know, let's do that. But I want to tell you right now, I want the next dog to be a small breed. And which for someone who loved German shepherds, grew up with German shepherds, had a German shepherd when I met him. Then we got another German shepherd. I, I said, are you sure? You know, <laughs> I, 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 we've never talked about this. And he said, I'm sure because I want our next dog to be one that will fit in my lap for its whole life. And I said, Oh, that is a really interesting thought. Yes. So we, we went to the shelter repeatedly and every time we picked out a dog, uh, we were told, oh, that dog is just waiting for its new family. This dog is, we, we should have put a little notice up. This dog is not available for adoption. Anyway, eventually, in the northern part of this state, there was a woman who raised horses and she was breeding standard poodles and Jack Russell Terriers, kind of the two ends of the spectrum in terms of sizes of dogs. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, he heard about her and went to visit her and took me there. And they are the cutest puppies in the world that Jack Russell Terriers had never seen those puppies. And then I read up on them so eventually, and I'm rambling, so stop me when you would like. Robert. No, no, <laughs> you keep eventually, going. <laughs> she, she did say, well, you know, um, I've been doing this quite a long time, and if you're interested in a in one of the puppies, you will have to put your name on the list, and then I'll let you know when there's a litter that you can consider. So that happened, and we went up to her farm, great big farm, and uh, it was a litter of I don't know. I'm just going to say seven seven puppies. So we met the mother, and she was a wonderful dog, and father, and so on. And these puppies were all adorable. So Kevin said to me, well, let's just hang out with these puppies and see what their personalities are like. And my approach was, I said, well, let's just take this cute one with the big brown spot on his head. <laughs> and he said, well, he said, he said, they're all cute, but let's, let's see who, who's got a personality that is one that will work well with us. Mm-hmm. So I thought I've never, ever chosen a dog that way it's probably very smart so this woman said yeah hang out as long as you like so we hung out and there was one dog in this litter that was most interested in us compared to his litter mates 
he kept coming over to us. He was staring right at us and he was bright eyed and affectionate. They all were, but this dog was clearly very interested in us. So I thought, oh, good, we found him. And then Kevin said, all right, well, let's head home and we'll come back again tomorrow. <laughs> this process is taking forever. <laughs> um, and, and the woman said, that's fine. She said, I, I don't want you to make this decision quickly or lightly. So anyway, we went back and um, this dog was delighted to see us as if he'd known us a long time. Like, and where have you dog, been? <laughs> yes, exactly. So we finally got to take him home. And um, that's how he came into our lives. And it had been quite some time since we'd had a, an eight-week-old dog in the house. But we were, we were pretty prepared. It was a little bit of a um, refresher course. But that's how he came into our life. Oh, and nice. <laughs> yes, yes, he was, um, he was small enough that he fit in my hand when we, when we brought him home. And his mother had matured to 13 pounds and his father had matured to 17 pounds. And the woman who, uh, it was her farm, she said, you know, you can expect Bert to probably be 15 to 17 pounds. Well, that's a whole nother story, but he grew into almost the size of a beagle <laughs> and was never overweight, never at all overweight, actually. And he weighed 23 pounds. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Was people would look at him and say, he looks like a Jack Russell Terrier, but he's so big. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's how we, that's how we crossed paths with Bert. And it was a very, very lucky day. Uh, but absolutely. For everyone involved. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Can you remember what he was like in those very early puppy stages? Yes, yes. He was a um, quiet. He was a quiet dog. And he was very attentive. And when we had said to friends, you know, we're, we're getting another dog and um, we're looking at Jack Russell Terriers. So Kevin is very interested in a Jack Russell Terrier. The really the almost automatic response was, oh, those dogs are little yappers. <laughs> and, and I, I said, Oh, well, you know, I've, I've really don't know any Jack Russell Terriers, but, um, and then people would, the other thing they would say, besides those dogs are little yappers, which Bert was not, uh, they'd say, Oh, they're so high strung. You know, they're always, always, uh, on edge and they're wired. And, you know, you, you two are different. Uh, you two are accustomed to, you know, more mellow dogs and you know, I don't know. So what he was like when he was young is what he was like as he grew into his mature self, Robert. He was a calm, happy, attentive dog. And at the time, it, it just so happened that the first 12 weeks we had Bert in our lives, my husband was on leave from his job for a a surgery, it's not a huge deal surgery, but the recovery time was uh, lengthy. So I, Bert spent 24 hours a day with Kevin. And he's, when I was home from work, he was with both of us. Um, but that, instead of leaving a young dog, uh, and we, we um, crate trained our dogs, uh, I think it made a tremendous difference. This dog was extremely relaxed. Bert was extremely relaxed in every aspect of life. When he would meet other people who were strangers, when he would meet other dogs, when we would take a trip and take him with us, he had this wonderful, calm, relaxed, wide open, what's next, this is wonderful uh, attitude that I must say not all of our other dogs had. And I do think it was those first 12 weeks of basically bonding with Kevin the way he would have perhaps with his, his mother. I mean, he, really, he loved us both as much as a dog can love anybody, which is, seems boundless, but he and Kevin were one. And I think that is part of how his personality developed. Although I do think like 
like uh, children, you know, dogs are influenced by their household, but they are also their own unique, their own unique self, their own unique persona. And that was, that was this guy. He just was not a wired, a high strung dog, not high strung at all. Very energetic, but in a lovely way. And never, he only barked when there was, it was helpful. He would bark when there was someone at the door uh, or if he saw a squirrel, of course, <laughs> that was, you know, any dog understands you have to alert people to a squirrel in the neighborhood, no matter yes. how far away they are. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Now, now he had a really friendly, uh, loving, exceptionally f- fabulous personality. Oh, sounds excellent. So from what you're saying, I'm guessing there were no sort of like initial dramas or anything like that when he was introduced into the house? No. Um, he was, he did, uh, we we had a place for him. We had a crate for him right in our bedroom and we put it right up on our bed as we were training him and, you know, waking up in the night to take him out and so on. So he was... He was a little, I, I, the first night was the only night he did a little crying and I, I'm positive he was missing his, he thought, well, this has been a fun day, but when do I go back to my, my buddies, my, my brothers and sisters and mom. Um, but it was one night only. And then after that, he was fine. But Robert, I want to tell you the story of how he was named. If you'd like to know. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I always <laughs> love finding out what, what a dog's name is right away when I meet a dog and there's such a variety of names and, and I like to know how someone chose the name and so on. So we um, preferred to name our dogs uh, after someone we, we knew for the most part, that wasn't always the case. And um, anyway, with Bert, we, this sounds so odd and I thought it was odd. Here we were with this wonderful new dog, beautiful young boy, and we didn't have a name in mind. And <laughs> because Kevin had been the one behind this choice, I I said, well, you know, what what do you want to name him? And he said, I, I really don't know. I said, well, we better figure this out <laughs> because it's important. You know, dogs need names. And anyway, we neither one of us came up with anything the first few days and it was right around the time a movie had come out called uh, life is beautiful and it that was written and directed by roberto benini who's an italian film director and roberto roberto benini actually took the lead role in that movie that he wrote and he he won an academy award for that movie and i still remember the ceremony uh, the award was given to him by Sophia Loren. And um, when he, when his name was called, he leapt up and stepped across the back of all the seats in the theater until he got to the stage. He didn't jump into the aisle and walk up the way a normal human being does. He was just, he was an unusual man, mm-hmm. but we, we had seen that movie and we loved, loved, loved that movie. And I also loved the way Sophia Loren said Roberto Benini, and it was a really pretty Italian name. And uh, my father's name was Robert. And uh, that's another reason to like the name. So anyway, I, I said to Kevin one morning, while he and Bert and I were all sitting around having coffee, except Bert was not having coffee. And I said, how about Roberto Benini? And he said, that's great, but that's a long name. I said, well, we'll just, we'll just call him Berto. Anyway, so that's the, the name that he was happy with, I was happy with. And then that same week, we were visiting Kevin's parents. And uh, his father, Kevin's father, was very fond of dogs. And he once we told him what the name was, he said, Oh, hey, Bert. Bert. <laughs> he, he immediately he immediately just turned it into, uh, you know, the English version, not the Italian version of, of Robert. So Bert suited this this uh, persona, and um, that's how he became Bert. It was the perfect name for him. 
Nice. So, did he ever still go by his more formal name, or it was just no? It's just Bert from now on. Well, at the vet's office, he was listed as Roberto Benini, <laughs> and we loved telling people who knew about uh, that movie and um, who happened to admire the director for writing that movie and and so on. Um, they would get a kick out of it. But I must say, so. And Kevin and I talked about this, and for anybody who was interested in how Bert was named, we, we'd end the story with, and he was perfectly named, because the message in Life is Beautiful is that we all know life is full of horrors and hardships and unbelievably bad things, as well as great joy and great beauty. But what Roberto Benini was saying uh, based and he, he said in an interview later, this was based on his father and what his father had gone through in World War II. He had been interned for a while. Um, is that his father had taught them all, no, 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 stop crying as I tell you these stories because life is beautiful. And we said, Bert is this this creature who every single morning opens his eyes <laughs> as, and we, you know, we all would head outside first thing in the morning and he paused as we'd open the door and he'd look out as if he had never ever seen the world before with this joy of oh my gosh it's another day yeah it's beautiful it's wonderful (laughs) hooray let's go and i mean there it was exceptional on the day was as if it was his first moment on this beautiful planet, no matter where we were. So we would say, so he was very well named because he reminds us every day that life is beautiful. And he did that. He really did that. Oh, I love it. Love that. So when you say open the door at your place, did you have a, a yard at that time? Yes, we we had a yard. It was a good sized yard for a residential neighborhood. And completely fenced in. So we we had agreed a long time before that that we needed to be able to let our dogs hang out outside when they wanted to and not and not ever, ever worry about them you know, wandering off or getting hurt in the street. Um, so, yes, we had a nice yard with a couple of different levels. There was a, a series of stone steps that led to a lower yard and the yard had um, a six foot fence with a gate and it had shady areas, sunny areas, shrubbery, trees, lawn, uh, a vegetable garden. It had variety, which Bert loved. So he'd go out and we, we would look at him and laugh and we'd say, oh, he's doing his morning patrol because he would check out every corner of this yard <laughs> mm-hmm. as if as if he had to make sure everything was fine. And um, check for squirrels. Yeah, <laughs> check for squirrels. Um, and he did have he did have his own house up there that he could hang out in if he wanted to. But he normally preferred to use the patio furniture. There's a chaise lounge that he loves, <laughs> or he would find a nice cool spot under um, some of the perennials that had overhanging leaves. And if he felt like hanging out in the shade, um, but he loved to be outdoors as much as he loved to be with us. And he loved long walks. So, and we, we live, we lived in a place where you could walk for miles with a dog on a leash and see all kinds of different terrain and, um, so he got lots of exercise and that suited him. And he was, uh, really, as I said, having owned during my time with Kevin, five dogs. And then before that, uh, a dog on my own who lived to be almost 13. And then before that, growing up with dogs, I would say he was the, uh, the easiest dog to be with that I ever, ever had in my life. So he was happy to be outside. Um, We'd had some dogs that couldn't wait to go outside. But once we went back in the house, they were eager to come right back in the house. And if we wanted them to stay out for some reason, I don't know, maybe I was washing the kitchen floor. You know, we'd hear this whining and barking, whining and barking. Whereas Bert Bert would be, hey, I'll wait here for you. It's nice out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, he, he just was 
fantastically easygoing and happy all the time. So, uh, uh, yeah. That, yeah. Is there much of a temperature variance between seasons there? Yes, we have four distinct seasons here. And uh, so in the winter, oh, it's it's not common for us to get much snow here. The rest of New England is colder and gets more snow, but we've got the um, moderating effect of the salt water along the coast. Uh, and it's just, it's just the location of Rhode Island, but you know, winter is freezing and uh, summer, a very hot day in the summer. This is all Fahrenheit uh, would be maybe 80 degrees. If it gets in the eighties, everyone is flocking to the beach to get into the ocean to cool down Mm. and then spring spring is a nice moderate season fall is a nice moderate season but they're very distinct the trees that are the um, deciduous trees the leaves turn yellow and orange and red and fall off and so on so you know burnt would never be left outside uh during inclement weather or freezing weather or anything at all like that but I have some great photographs of when we would get a big snowstorm. It would be so unusual. We'd go outside and take pictures of it. And we've had a couple of big ones. And when um, we'd go outside to shovel our walkway or clear out the driveway, uh, Bert wanted to stay out with us and be part of it. And I would always think, oh, Bert, how can you stand it with your, you know, we're, we're wearing layers and layers of down-filled coats and wool scarves and hats. And Bert's just there and his, you know, his winter coat would get thicker and longer, um, denser. But yeah, he'd, he'd have a blast. So he wasn't a dog that needed to be in a place where safe the state of florida where it's kind of warm all the time, all the time yeah do you yeah. think he had a, a you know enjoyed himself more in the, the the warmer or the or the cooler weather well what he enjoyed the most robert were the long walks we would take him on and the longest walks were always spring and fall mm-hmm. i mean literally we'd go we'd walk for four miles which for a dog whose legs were pretty short uh you know seemed seemed at first the first walk we took with him that was a long walk i thought well, i i hope we're not uh overdoing it you know i don't want it to his legs are the shortest dog legs i've ever been with and um, not and bert didn't consider himself short because he'd walk up to big tall dogs and greet them calmly and say hello um so that was his the favorite weather for him was when it wasn't too cold or it wasn't too hot for us to take him on these four mile walks. He never got tired of them. And then in the, what's called the off season here, the local beach, which does not allow dogs during the peak season. So they're just not allowed. It's posted and you can get a ticket Mm -hmm. because they don't want the people who are coming here for their vacations and going to the beach to be disturbed by a dog. So from May 15th until September 15th, there are no dogs allowed on the beach. And during the rest of the year, you can take your dog on the beach, but your dog has to be on a leash. But but because uh, Kevin and I were always early risers, we would go to the beach just as the sun was coming up and there would be no one else in sight. And it's completely safe because there's no road there. Uh, There's no hazard of cars. And uh, we'd let Bert off the leash to run the length of the beach. We'd be behind him. We couldn't keep up. Uh, (laughs) We won't tell anybody. That's all right. (laughs) Yeah. It's a full mile in either direction. But for Bert, it was way more than a mile because he was always zigzagging. You know, he'd run up to the dunes and then he'd run back down to where the water met the sand and then he'd run straight ahead and then he'd look for us. So he'd loop back and run toward us because he didn't want us to be left behind. And so what we covered is two miles, was probably five miles for him. (laughs) And he knew he could always tell when we were getting ready to go to the beach because of the shoes we would put on. Mm -hmm. And and I, we'd never had a dog that did this. I thought it was hilarious. As we were getting ready to go, he would be looking at our feet 
And as soon as we put on the shoes that were the beach shoes, that was the only time we wore them, he would look up at her faces with just such excitement (laughs) because he knew we were going to the beach. And then he'd walk to the back door and wait there for us to get ourselves together and get in the car and go to the beach. Um, So he loved, he loved being on the leash on the long walks. He was very good at that. We, you know, when we did leash train him early on, but we got a big kick out of letting him run off the leash because he loved it so much. How how was he with the water? You know, he was our first dog who wasn't terribly interested in the water. And, um, our German shepherds had always loved to run right in the water, wherever we were, if they could get at it, they wanted to be in it. And our other mixed breed dogs were pretty attracted to the water, but Bert wasn't. So we thought, well, that's fine. But then um, there was a place where we would go snorkeling in the summer. That's off of a part of the coast that's rocky and it's not used very often by anybody. You pretty much have to know what you're doing to get in and out of the water there or you'll get in trouble. And uh, these big, massive, flat rocks are just baking in the sun. It's really a fun place to hang out and watch, just watch sailboats off in the distance or to get in and out of this little pool of water and snorkel. So, um, we did that and invited Bert to come in with us and he wasn't too interested, but he kept watching us. So eventually he hopped in (laughs) and, and he swam around just fine and was really competent at swimming like most dogs. But then he got out and his preference was to follow along on the edge of these massive big flat rocks and watch us. I, I always felt like he was the lifeguard <laughs> because he seemed so concerned. When are they coming out? Um, and there was, so this, the swimming here is quite nice. If you like ocean swimming at the beach that I mentioned where dogs are not allowed during the peak season, but if it's a long, um, if it's one of those falls where the weather stays warm longer than usual and the water is really warm, we used to go swimming in um, after after September fifteenth, we'd usually swim for all of September, and we'd go early, and Bert would come with us, and we'd have him sit down where we had left our beach towels and stuff like that, just while we went in the water, inviting him to come in with us, but he would he wouldn't come in with us. And one day, the surf was pretty high. This particular beach is known for its surf. There's one section of it that's for surfers only. And surfers do come here from other parts of other parts of the country just to surf. So that particular day, the surf was pretty big, but not too big for us to just go in and catch a few waves and uh, not with boards, body surfing. So uh, it al- it's, at one point, Bert got alarmed <laughs> and he stood right where the surf was crashing on the beach watching us. And I watched him and he got this resolute look on his face and he came into the surf, which was towering over him. I mean, these waves might have been four feet high. That's that's not too big at all for us to go body surfing yeah, in. For him, yeah. But for him, these were like skyscrapers. So, so I thought, wow, Bert, what are you doing? Don't get in trouble. Don't get smashed because when these waves break, they can really pummel you. Anyway, he came out to where we were and just paddled around us and then turned him, his body to swim back to shore as if, OK, so follow me. He was looking at us and I, Kevin and I later laughed and laughed and laughed about it. It was so touching. He we're positive. He thought we were in danger and he had come out in those waves that he wasn't particularly crazy about. This dog was He proved to us over and over during his lifetime that he was a brave, brave, brave soul. And as he was swimming in, I could see that he was getting into the wrong section of a breaking wave. And he would have, you know, at 23 pounds, you don't stand a chance with these waves. You're just going to be smashed. So um, I grabbed him and we all floated in carefully together. But that was a story Kevin and I would reminisce about all the time because this dog who didn't particularly care 
to swim um, was just always so vigilant. So and so he did, he did uh, save you. He did. Who knows what would have happened if you didn't go in at that time? We we thanked him. So so yeah. He although he was our only dog, who loved it. Where he, he tolerated it quite well, being bathed in the bathtub. Um, so that kind of water he liked was warm. There was a spray wand and. He, you know, it was a nice rub down, but okay. So he enjoyed a bit of pampering. Yes, yes. What about um, nail maintenance? So um, we had a great vet who showed us how to clip birds' nails, and uh, he didn't particularly like that. And I wasn't good at it, but Kevin was. So yeah, we would we would take care of that, and he would tolerate it, and was always really glad when that was over. <laughs> Uh, and then eventually we got to a point where we found a groomer we really liked and Bert was crazy about her. And he would almost leap out of the car before the door was open to get in to see Allison, the groomer. And um, <laughs> it just was crazy about her. So she did a great job with his nails and anything else that needed being done. And, and he'd get to hang out for half a day with her and a few other dogs at her place. So nice. Did he ever have any sort of like interactions with any other species on the, on the beach? Well, he was interested in watching the birds and he would approach them, but, you know, he'd get just a few feet away and they'd all take off. Um, but that would be it. There, were, there would be other dogs that he would meet on the beach, but as far as other creatures, really it would just be birds and um and, and he was interested in everything. So he, he'd watch them. The, the, he just really was not aggressive with anything. He was interested in everything. The only thing he was aggressive with, but of course he didn't stand a chance of catching a squirrel, would be a squirrel. So if he would see a squirrel in our yard, the squirrel would hang out on the trunk of a tree low enough for Bert to, you know, grab him, just kind of taunting Bert. And then as Bert raced toward the tree, the squirrel would just laugh and run up the tree and that would be that. But otherwise, Bert would meet other creatures in our yard, rabbits, uh, groundhogs, hedgehogs, and just be interested in them, thinking, oh, look, uh, someone else is here. Or let's see who it is. <laughs> I, and I, I had a vegetable garden with a little fence around it, but Mr hedgehog i'm pretty sure it was a hedgehog figured out how to get in and um eat the eat the brussels sprouts were his favorite thing but he'd eat other things <laughs> and i remember thinking oh bert must not have noticed him he's going to see him and scare him off so i was out in the yard one afternoon i wasn't in the vegetable garden and um i i looked over and there was there was mr hedgehog and i said bert go get him you know even <laughs> And I knew all he would do would be maybe walk over there and I was hoping he'd bark and that would be that. But Bert just walked over there fascinated. No barking, just, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. Uh, so he did the same thing with rabbits in the yard. Hey, bunny. Um, so, yeah, he was always happy to meet another living thing. He, We did have a stone wall where uh, harmless snakes probably garter snakes lived and i remember him discovering them and thinking he could play with them and he he picked one up and by the time he put it down it it was dead but he he didn't pick it up to kill it he was and then when he set it down and it had stopped moving he kept kind of nudging it gently with his nose like all right come on let's go um so oh that was him mr He's very, very sweet. Um, I suppose just there leading into that, did you have any like favourite toys and things like that and did any sort of like go from that you had for a long time? You know, he, when we first brought him home, the woman who had um, raised him for those first eight weeks gave us a little, it looked like a little lamb a tiny, tiny lamb. And she said, you know, he'll like this. You keep some company in his little bed. And it had a squeaky, 
a squeaky mechanism within it so that if he bit down on it, it would squeak. And she said, he'll love this. So we did, we did bring that home with him. And that was his first toy and his only toy. And he was very gentle with it until some time had gone by. He was still a, still a young dog. He was still a puppy. When he started, I'm sure it was an instinct, a Jack Russell instinct. He started, uh, he'd pick it up, he'd bite on it hard until it squeaked. And then he would stand still and shake his head like I've never, he had a very strong neck, really powerful neck. He would shake it the way he'd be shaking a rat to death or something. And um, and then eventually we noticed the little lamb was coming to pieces. So, so we, and we, we got rid of that. And we got him uh, a couple of other things that he wasn't very interested in. Our other dogs had liked fetch. Bert really didn't like the tennis ball fetch. He thought it was a little boring or he appeared to boring so we would bring home different toys and at one point we found a small rubber hard ring maybe i don't know six inches in diameter that if you threw it it would bounce and roll and bounce and roll and he loved that he'd run after it and grab grab it and the way he would grab it it would always end up flipping up over his face which <laughs> looked pretty funny as he would bring it back to us so he did like that toy and that lasted for a long time. And at the same store, we went back and they had a round ball, a little smaller than a tennis ball that was covered with these little rubbery studs. It looked like sort of a meteorite or something. And he loved that. And he would, he didn't care if we threw it or not. We would just leave it out in the yard and he would walk over to it, pick it up in his mouth and just wing it into the air and then it would land somewhere and, and bounce. And he would, he would look at it with this look. It was hilarious. He would look at it as if he was stunned that it had a life of its own. And then he would run, he would run over to it and do the same thing. And he, he did that a few, you know, over and over and over, and then he'd leave it alone. So he wasn't like some, some dogs I've known who are, they just always need to have a toy. He only had a couple that he really enjoyed. Oh, and, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And did he play any other sort of like games and things like that that he enjoyed? Any, any favorites? Uh, you know, he really, he really didn't. He just, you know, in the evenings, if we were hanging out watching a movie or reading or whatever, he liked to just hang out with us and um, just, chill you know he just he just liked that so when when he was active he was very active and he seemed tireless but when we were chilling out he would too or if we had friends over and we were all hanging out in the living room he would just find a place to settle down and be part of the thing part of the evening but um didn't need to be played with didn't need a toy um just wanted to be there. Just enjoyed the so, space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when um, watching movies, was that did he, on the lounge, on the lap with you, or did he have a, his own spot? Well, our preference was to have him on our lap. And he would, he would, we had a small sofa where he could sit on our lap or he could sit, he could just squish his body in between us. And that was our favorite, was to have him right there with us. We could each have a hand on him somewhere so we could feel his wonderful fur. He was what was called a smooth coat. So with Jack Russell's, Robert, I'm sure you know, there's something called a smooth coat and there's a rough coat. And the smooth coat is just like velvet. It's really nice to touch. So he was a smooth coat and we loved touching him. But he actually preferred his to be on the carpet at, at the foot of this little sofa so he would tolerate it for as long as he possibly could <laughs> and then he would just quietly hop down and <laughs> make himself comfortable on the carpet uh, which we thought was pretty funny because usually we always thought oh dogs want to be up on the furniture mm -hmm. and and that's where they want to be and he wasn't like that i mean he liked it for a little while but then it was like you know you this is too much you're smothering me i need some air <laughs> even even in bed at night um he had his own bed in our bedroom right next to our bed 
and uh, it was a nice, a nice little bed, but you know, it was fun to have him up on our bed with us. And he would eventually look at us like, well, this is enough. And then he would hop down and get into his bed. Okay. Yep. I was going to circle back to that. (laughs) Yeah. Which was, um, you know, a, a little bit different from the other dogs. Yeah, that most I've of them are just like, no, no, we're up there and this is where I'm staying all night. Yes, or maybe maybe actually this is my bed and you're allowed to get in it. Yes. Um, and with the German Shepherd, you know, they're pretty big. And uh, it's like, well, you know what? You could move to the foot of the bed. You're hogging the whole bed. So, um, yeah, it, it, we some and Kevin and I both did this. If, if I would wake up in the middle of the night troubled about something who knows what um and and i wasn't able to fall back asleep eventually i'd get up walk over to bert's little bed around the at the foot of the bed and he'd be sound asleep he was a good sleeper and i'd scoop him up and he only weighed 23 pounds as i said and um he wouldn't even wake up and i'd bring him into the bed put him right next to me and i'd put one hand on that beautiful velvety fur and I would immediately calm down. Whatever I'd been fretting over just just melted away. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, if I'm if I'm really still, he's going to stay here all night. But no matter how still I was, eventually, and it wouldn't take long. Within a few minutes, he would wake up. He'd look a little startled, and then he'd jump right back down to his bed. But by then. You know, I was not fretting anymore, and it was uh, fine. Worked his magic already. Yes, yes. And, I, you know, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but this dog just made us laugh. And that little habit of his of, you know, all right, I'll stay up on the bed with you two for a little while, but all right, this is enough. I'm leaving. <laughs> it, just, it just for some reason was so different from what we were accustomed to. He made us laugh all the time. Do you have any other sort of quirky habits? You know, um, he, I, I don't know if I thought it was quirky, but he was, he had a, his first girlfriend was this big bat, black lab, uh, black lab, a laboratory retriever, I guess it's the full name, a Labrador retriever, who was so much taller than he was. He could walk underneath her belly, <laughs> but they were in love. And she lived on a farm that we could walk to. It was about two miles from our house. And in the springtime, especially, that was a nice walk. And as soon as he met her, it was just love at first sight, even though she towered over him, which we thought was pretty funny. And um, their little greeting for each other every time we took that walk was kind of a little ritual that we thought was a sweet little habit of his. And then this farm raised sheep. So the sheep were in fields with walls, but they must've been moving the sheep because we were on a walk. We got there was in the morning and one of the ewes, you know, a great big ewe was uh, not in a field. And she was on this dirt crossing the dirt driveway path that we were on as we headed toward another field. And she was a great big animal and uh, she looked pretty fierce. And so she just stopped. I'm glad it wasn't a ram. She just stopped and was, had a very aggressive pose in front of Bert. And I thought, Oh, you know, Bert's going to turn to us or be frightened or he's going to react to this. And he just, he just stood his ground and stared at her and then the hair on the back of his didn't go up at all the way dogs do when they're um, fearful or angry. And, you know, just a very friendly posture and then slowly took a few steps toward her and, and she let him get pretty close before she turned around and trotted away. But his, these little ways of meeting a new creature, human or otherwise, um, that habit, that was a habit of his that we really liked. You know, we could always depend on him to be uh, so polite and friendly and calm. Um, oh, no, that's excellent. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to think if he had any other habits that would be of interest or funny stories, but, um, well, this, this was actually a habit. So Bert, of course, would see the vet every year for a checkup and various shots and boosters and uh, so on. Or, you know, if we were concerned about something we'd found on him, we'd take him to the vet. And our vet, Peter Roy, who is a wonderful, wonderful guy, was part of a bigger group of veterinarians. Um, He and Bert just bonded from the very first visit. And so, so Bert would be in the back of the car as we'd be driving to the vet. And he, you know, he always knew where he knew the route and we'd be about one block away from the vet's office, from Peter Roy's office. And Bert would start uh, the joy whimpering that dogs do just the same, the same joy whimpering he would do as we approached the parking lot at the beach, if we were driving, (laughs) walking to the beach. And then as we, as we would get him out of the car, he'd be on his leash and he never tugged on the leash. He was very good on a leash. This is the only time he tugged on the leash to, to go into the building where Peter Roy was. And we would, there were always, there were other vets there. So we would see other um, uh, dogs and their families coming in and going. And the image was always of the dog, you know, reluctantly being hauled into the vet's office (laughs) at the the other end of the leash, you know, and and maybe crying or even some of them were growling and some of them barking. And Bert was the one who couldn't get in the building fast enough (laughs) to see Peter Roy and, and all of our dogs were cared for at that same office and none of them. And none of them had a bad experience, but none of them liked going there. It was a big ordeal with the other dogs, always a big ordeal. And with Bert, uh, it was hilarious. He was the only dog eager to go in to see the vet. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Did, um, with uh, Bert's sort of general health, did he ever have to make any sort of emergency visits to the vet? Well, you know, there was one time when he had tried to jump. So a friend of ours who had a pickup truck was, had had stopped by and the, the, the tailgate was down for some reason. And Bert liked to jump and he was a good jumper. He could, I guess that's another quality or characteristic of a Jack Russell Terrier. They can really leap high, uh, high heights. So he tried to leap into the back of this truck. It must have somehow looked interesting and he didn't quite make it. And I noticed that he was limping when he got up from his little tumble. So we thought, well, you know, he's still walking, so we're not going to rush to the vet. But within a couple of days, we, I said, this limp shouldn't be here. Let's, let's take him in. And he was examined, x-rayed and so on. Um, but it wasn't an emergency. And Peter Roy told us what to do. And he said, you know, if, he said, if this were a severe injury, we could do some surgery. It's really just going to mean you're going to need to limit his activity for a little while. And it was going to heal up. I don't remember, Robert, if it was, you know, a tendon or a ligament or a something or other that was pretty badly strained. But no, unlike our other dogs, who all, one of our dogs made so many emergency visits to the vet that he said, why don't we just name a room after her? Because you hear all the time. He's always getting into trouble. Uh, no, Bert didn't have any emergencies and he had really good health. Yeah, that's and, good. Uh, and a very long life. Uh, a question I asked all my guests is to complete the sentence. I can't believe my dog ate... Oh, that's a good one, Robert. And I, I did hear this and when I listened to some of your other guests. Um, well, I, I can't believe what he, what he didn't eat, actually. But that's because also the way we raised him. We didn't want him to be hanging around the dinner table begging. And, um, and he didn't. And um, sometimes we'd have friends visit who 
must have thought it would be fun to just take something off their plate and hold it down for Bert to take. And um, Bert just, for the most part, I'm sure there were a couple of exceptions. For the most part, he would just remain Usually uh, he had beds all over the house, so he'd remain in his bed just watching or he'd be on the floor uh, under the table by Kevin's feet and he'd just stay there. So that oh, would surprise me. And that's that's certainly good when, when you don't have a dog that picks up sort of like anything and just eats it. So no judgment yeah. there. Yes, exactly. Although when he was a younger dog, he had a habit when we were walking that he eventually uh, got rid of that habit. If and, and this is a this is a clean area and so on, but there are occasions where people throw things out their windows, obviously. And if we were walking down a sidewalk with Bert, Bert on his leash, he's pretty young now. He's maybe a year, a year old, we'll say. Um, if there were a piece of crumpled up tin foil on the sidewalk he'd just pick it up not to lick it just to carry it along or if there was a little uh, paper cup or anything like he'd pick it up and carry it along he could only carry one thing at a time in his mouth mm-hmm. and um we, he did this so frequently for a stretch of time that we said oh he's training himself to be uh what we call here there are people who come around and um take your trash away once a week. So he said he wants yep. to be a trash collector. Yeah, and so he's very he's conscious of the very, environment. Yes, very, very <laughs> much so. Um, but yeah, not to, not to eat anything. I mean, we were, we'd keep an eye on him, but um, he never tried to eat anything that he shouldn't. And he was a very, he had a very good appetite. Unlike one of our dogs was extremely fussy and, I was always making special concoctions in a blender for her. It was it, it became quite a chore. It was exhausting. Whereas as Bert was just a very regular guy, mm-hmm. ready to eat when we said it was time to eat and ready to eat everything in that bowl. Oh, nice. So um, off the top of your head, if I had to uh, if I ask you for one of the most happiest times that you and Bert and Kevin spent together? Well, you know, we took, we would take some road trips up to the Northern part of New England, to the state of Maine. There was a friend of ours had a house on the coast that was just a little vacation cottage and we could go stay there and do a lot of wandering around. Those were really happy times. He was such a good traveler. Uh, Not all dogs enjoy that. They don't all enjoy a long road trip, but he did. Those were wonderful. And it was also wonderful to see how much comfort, one of my best memories is how much comfort he gave Kevin when Kevin was ill. I mean, he was just so um, emotionally and intuitively in tune with a, when someone needed comfort, Bert would just lay it on. And those are wonderful memories. Um, and then our memories of his last couple of days on this earth where he was just so peaceful and just wanted to hang out in us and be in our arms. He did tolerate at the end of his life being held for long, long periods of time. Those are wonderful memories. He would just lie in my arms and look at my face and I didn't want to budge. I didn't want to move. I thought, Oh, don't let this moment end. But really he filled a, more than 18 years of my life with one, one wonderful memory after another. And I mean, all, as you know, Robert, I'm a dog lover. And um, I have been since I was a little girl. I can tell you a story about that. If we have time, they're all so amazingly wonderful, I believe. And um, there's someone, I don't believe she's alive any longer named Barbara Woodhouse. And she was, English and she was she wrote a book called No Bad Dogs and the gist of it is hey dogs are good uh, it might be the family they're living with that's not so good so if you want to have a dog that um, that you're deserving of and that and that will be good with others you know you're the one to make that happen because the dog is good and and, I, and that's how I look at dogs they're a gift I believe they're a gift from 
the universe to our lives here on earth. So all of the dogs I've had have been fantastic souls. Uh, Bert was just the most recent one and really um, just surprised me because I'd never thought a small dog would be uh, such a big, big, uh, and I'm sure some of your listeners are thinking, well, she doesn't know anything, but I wasn't, I had never had a small dog and that is a small dog could be, could have such a huge personality and a huge heart and a huge soul um, was fantastic. Absolutely. Size is irrelevant. It really is. Um, So I don't know how much time we have left, Robert, but um, I have loved dogs ever since I was very young. And my parents told me it was one of the first words I tried to say. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, But I couldn't quite say dog. So it sounded more like the word toy, starting with the letter D. So I would say doy, doy, doy. Um, whenever, whenever I saw someone with a dog, I would say doy, doy, doy. And um, we all have our just uh, innate uh, attractions and loves. And for me, that's been one of them. I just, I just get a huge kick out of, of dogs, mine and other people's. Um, and of Bert, course, did Bert have any sort of influence on the professional work that you do? Well, you know, as you know, I'm a writer and editor. Uh, non- narrative nonfiction is the genre, but that's a pretty big umbrella. So I do all kinds of writing. Some of the books I've written are cookbooks. Some of the books I've written are authored by a physician and co-written by me. Um, and they're about health matters. And some of the books I've worked on are memoir. Uh, so it's a pretty big uh, category. But I am at the moment working on a book about dogs and how how dogs have been, as you were saying at the beginning of our conversation, uh, a relationship a companion for us that's really unlike any other and humans have some fantastic relationships with other animals so you know you can think of the horse and horses have been not only beloved but so useful for a long time and and there are other examples but i believe our relationship with dogs and how dogs interact with us and we interact with them is unique and spectacular and special. And that's what I'm writing about. And as I, as I do the research for this book, I'm just continually awed by what dogs are willing to do and eager to do and want to do for us. That's difficult, difficult mentally, difficult physically. And, um, how, how I just marvel at what I'm learning which is way beyond, yes, they are a wonderful uh, family member to share part of your life with. There's so much more than that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, that's great. Um, do you want to let people know your uh, social media links and whether they, where they should look out for when you finish your book? Oh, thanks, Robert. I would love to. So I do have a website about dogs and the address is thedogslife.com and of course on the business card there is an apostrophe before the s but when you type it out online it's just t-h-e-d-o-g-s-l-i-f-e.com thedogslife.com and that is a place where I also have a blog and share different things of interest and I welcome guest bloggers. I've had a couple and we'll be having more and I share videos, short, short videos that I find that I think are funny or inspiring and we all need a laugh and we all need to be inspired. And then I run contests where I welcome people to send in usually photos and captions. And uh, then there are first place, second place, third place, um, it's a website with a, a place where I recommend books about dogs and movies with dogs in the movies 
uh, not necessarily recent. Some of these are just old favorites. Some of them are brand new. And um, it's, it's a place for all things dog. And it's a place for anybody who has a dog in their life and loves dogs or somebody who doesn't have a dog in their life and, and maybe wants to, but can't because they live in an apartment building where they're not allowed. It's just for all of us dog lovers to um, have a laugh, learn something new um, and then participate by sending, by entering a contest or contacting me. There's a way to contact me with uh, a guest blog idea. Um, And then Oh, thank you. It's the best part of it's probably the pictures because there's something about photographs of dogs that is just mesmerizing. Um, and people have sent in some terrific pictures. The, um, the other on, on my website is a link. There are, are links right there on every page. If you want to connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook or um, Twitter and Instagram. And I, I for some months now have, not done anything with Twitter or Instagram, but I am getting, I am getting that up and running again, but definitely LinkedIn and Facebook are two other social media platforms. And thanks for asking, Robert. I really appreciate that. That's no problem at all. It has been a pleasure chatting with you, Bert sounded like a super cool, very laid back, just loving life type dog. Excellent. He was. And sometimes when I'm having a bad day, as we all do on occasion, I'll just picture his face. I don't even have to do this. It's, it's just um, an automatic thing. And I will picture his face. And as soon as I do, I, the line comes through my head. Life is beautiful. <laughs> and I instantly a, feel a lot better. <laughs> great way to finish off. Life is beautiful. Thank you very much again for your time. Robert, thank you so much for inviting me. I've loved this and I really love your podcast. I'm glad I found it and now I'm sharing it on my website. Thank you again. Take care. You too. Thank you very much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the show. I would really appreciate you telling a friend about it and they would be able to listen to the awesome stories about the awesome dogs on here. Thank you to our new listeners in Wilkinsburg in the US and Dublin, Ireland. Until next week, stay safe and remember, your dog is family. 